Welcome to, or welcome back to, the Journey Through Life podcast. I'm Justin Barton, the host of this podcast, and really happy to be here with you today as um, this episode of the Journey Through Life podcast really is probably one of the more special experiences of my life. I had the honor and opportunity to sit down with a woman that I had met only very briefly once before, but a woman who has had a profound impact in the lives of many, many people, and now she can add one more person to that in me, and I hope that she will be able to add many more people to that list of people she's had a positive impact on. Her name is Brooke Ellison. Now, I'll let her tell you her story in this conversation, but I want you to know that this is not a regular journey through life conversation. This one is much more urgent, for the lack of better words. This is one that is much more close to the heart than many of the others. And the reason for that is just the situation that Brooke and her family are in right now. I know that as you listen to this conversation, you will walk away a better person, a person more grateful for what you have today, and a person who will be more cognizant of your time and the things that you have and the things that are most important to you. Now, at the end of this conversation, instead of there being a regular in their own words, um, you'll notice that um, we will start right back up with another quick conversation with Brooke. This was such a great honor to me to have her reach out to me a day or two after we had recorded this first part of the conversation and said that she had a couple more things that she felt were really important to share. And so I quickly and happily and gratefully packed up my stuff and ran back over to her house and had another 15 or 20 minute conversation because there were a few more questions that I wanted to ask her too. And by the way, Brooke gives the best hugs I think I've ever received. And that was another reason to go back was to get another hug. Now I'm going to forego the reading of our partner's um, advertisements at the beginning of this. Just a request, go check out A Life Untold and Shepherd Brackets. And subscribe to the Journey Through Life podcast on whatever podcast platform you are using to listen to this episode. There are many other awesome conversations. This one's just probably my favorite. And I thought that about last week's too. But man, what a powerful, powerful conversation today. I'm just going to turn this over to Brooke here and let her carry it out. Due to the nature of a couple of recording sessions, the sound is a little bit different in different places, but you will enjoy this. I can promise you that. Thank you for listening. All right, so I'm sitting here with Brooke Ellison, right? Correct, sir. And uh, really grateful to have this conversation with you. So I'm going to start this out a little bit differently than I normally do these types of conversations. I want to ask you kind of what you want to share with me and with anybody who's listening and with future generations in this, and then that will help me walk down this path a little bit with you. Okay. I think the, our lives, our lives kind of took a turn and you grow up thinking that your life is going to go one direction 
and you have hopes and dreams and desires for not just you know the state that you're living in but also a future of of different things and for myself with my husband for our children uh, future grandchildren and it seems that uh, we were given a trial or a challenge that has caused us to reevaluate, I guess, um, where our focus was. And it has changed the way I live my life. Um, and I'm grateful for that. There's blessings that come through our trials and challenges. Um, tell me a little bit about that challenge that has been put into your life, and uh, and then we'll get into that a little bit further. Okay. So, my husband and I um, had been called to serve in a pretty significant calling in our church and working with the youth, and we love the youth. Um, it's where my heart sits. And I was so grateful to be able to be back with them. But I kept having this um, fatigue that I couldn't fight down. And I'm, I usually don't sleep very much at night. Four to five hours is mm. sufficient. And I was just falling asleep all the time. And we had done an x-ray. I, had, I was out running. Um, I was healthy. <laughs> Uh, active and I was out running and I would have coughing fits and I would lay down at night to do sit-ups and push-ups and couldn't catch a deep breath and mm. so we did an x-ray in April or May I think it was May and of what year was this 2016 okay we did an x-ray <clears throat> and it came back clear and then it just Things kept persisting, so we decided it'd be good to get another x-ray. And we went in for the x-ray and um, were sent to Sacred Heart and spent seven to eight days there, I think eight days, and found out. Um, at first, they thought autoimmune disease or um, maybe breast cancer, um, and it turned out to be non-small cell lung cancer stage four wow and that was in 2016 that you learned of yes this. Yeah. so let's go back to that point um you are in the hospital up to this point until the last you know previous month or two or whatever it was you were like the specimen of health um in great health what was your what were your thoughts and what was your reaction when you got the diagnosis given to you you know I kind of I kind of took a a step back and it, it didn't really process I think for my husband being a medical professional mm. I think he um, took the weight of it for us and we tend to do that in our marriage it seems like when I am weak, he's strong, and when I'm strong, he, you know, he needs me. Mm. But for me, I, I, I immediately was like, "We're gonna fight this." I don't, I don't understand all it entails, but we're gonna fight it. 
And we, it, ironically, we had a someone that was not of our faith take our f- photos outside the temple mm. for our wedding and um, or the day we were married and sealed. And um, she had us put on boxing gloves and kind of enact this this fight. And mm. um, in the end, she had me raising my. <laughs> raising my muscles up <laughs> with the boxing gloves on. And so I and immediately envisioned this, you know, we're going to fight this, mm. you know. And then um, there was a softening in my heart, and I realized Christ doesn't come with arms up or fists up. He comes with arms around, and I, I'm i a hugger. Um, mm. I won't, there's not many people that I don't hug the first time I meet them even, but I just, that's just me. That's who I am. And, um, I started picturing arms around and I feel like that's how Christ handles things. Mm. And so I felt like if we were going to get through this, we needed the Lord involved. And, um, I thought of our children and I thought we were thinking how, how are we going to, how are we going to do this? You know, we're going to pray, obviously, and we're going to ask for a miracle. But if we're going to do that, um, we need our kids to know, no matter what happens, that he's still there. He still loves them. Mm-hmm. And so we wanted them to believe. And um, it was then that we kind of adopted this arms around, like, believe approach and some of my brothers decided to capitalize the BE for Brooke Ellison. Mm. And so um, that became our kind of our motto and what we told our kids, no matter what, no matter what the outcome, no matter what we pray for, we, we still believe. Mm. We believe in the things that we've um, come to know as truths for us in our lives, and that's not going to change. Mm. So how old were you when, when this diagnosis came? Ooh, you're going to make me do some math. Um, <laughs> how old are you now, I guess? I'm 41. 41. So, so 38. 38. 30, yeah, somewhere yeah. there. That's super young for that yeah. type of, well, for any type of you know cancer diagnosis. That's super young. And you mentioned that you kind of were taken back when that was first given to you. And I can only imagine myself in that situation. And I think I would just go kind of numb. And you're very blessed, I guess, to have your husband who is um, in the the, the medical field and kind of understands what's going on. And probably, even though it probably punched him in the gut too, Yeah. probably he was able to to see things a little bit from, from a different perspective. And, and you were able to, like you said, lean on him a little bit during that time. I think that's, that, that's a big sucker punch, really. Yeah. I think um, it's interesting because at first I thought, um, this, is, this is great, you know, I've got a, uh, my own doctor, that, mm. you know, to carry around and, He'd go into appointments and he'd rattle off the medications that I couldn't <laughs> couldn't right, quite right, enunciate, right. and um, he understood what the doctors were saying and could could you know put it in layman's terms for me. Um, he could even answer questions for my family. 
um, various things and all these all these things you know this this resource um, and this uh, just an ability to he would remember things that you know I think being a medical professional helps but I was talking with one of my cousins who um, she has been diagnosed with three different cancers mm. and has fought it for years and I Sorry, I don't even like that word fight. Yeah. <laughs> has has worked through it for years. And she mentioned to me one time when I was telling her how grateful I was that Cody was in the, you know, medical profession. She said, "Just remember though, he doesn't ever have that. He doesn't ever have the reprieve. Like mm. her husband has um has the ability to step back from it or to to not know everything and and sometimes there's a blessing in in what we don't know I right. think sometimes we we try so hard to to know everything and sometimes there's a blessing in not knowing you know everything and um or knowing something and she said Cody doesn't have that privilege like whenever the doctors say something he knows exactly what they're talking about mm. and probably even more so you know the down the road right and she's like, he doesn't have that. Um, and all of a sudden, I looked at it differently. And yeah, I just had a compassion for my husband, hmm. who doesn't have the 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 blessing of of being able to go outside yeah. of it for a moment. You yeah. know. Interesting. I never thought about it that way. There, but there is a blessing to being naive in some cases. You I know? think so. Because if I know. Exactly. You know, sometimes in life, I want this. I want to know what the path holds for me, exactly what it is. But what would that steal from me today, you know? And so in his shoes, he probably, I mean, he does. He sees the path a little bit more clearly than, you know, if I were walking into the situation and doesn't have that blessing of being naive to it a little bit. Very interesting. Now, you've said a couple of times, you know, you talked about the boxing gloves and, 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 and that you don't like the word fight. And you talked about uh, the phrase arms around. So tell me a little bit your thoughts on the difference between embracing a challenge or embracing something rather than fighting it. Tell me a little bit about that. Hmm, I like that. Um, I actually had somebody bring that up to me as, as I was asked to give a speaking um assignment and um that's what they had pictured was this that we're embracing our challenge Mm. i everyone has trials and challenges i guess that come and what we decide to allow that to make us um how it how it shapes us um i think depends on whether we fight it or whether we embrace it and i just i've never never liked fighting my parents did a good job at a young age if we were disputing they had us put our noses together Mm. and um (laughs) so we still do that with our kids they work it out with their noses together there's not much you can say or do that close that and then I have our kids pick each other up Mm. and they're like I'm not doing that because they realize that I'm having it's kind of an unforced hug but they do it, and I'm like, well, I bet you can't pick them up, you know, and 
So I just, anything that breaks down those walls will, when we break down those walls within our trials and we allow ourselves to become who we're supposed to become and to grow, uh, those trials and challenges, when I look back, those are what has made me who I am. Mm. They've kind of refined me as I've embraced what it is. Um, I don't think it's, I don't think any of our trials and challenges are meant to knock us down they're just you know a way you know and even within that by embracing it and accepting it we've had a community of love and um, support from our family from our church from our friends to our community Mm. it's and perfect strangers have just been such a support That's such a blessing. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about your family, about your kids. How many kids mm-hmm. you have? Tell me a little bit about them. Okay. Awesome. Our kids are awesome. They're, they're not perfect, but they're awesome. <laughs> That's what I always tell people. Our oldest is JC, and she is, um, JC May is uh, 14. Mm. So she is high school, just started high school. Um, I feel blessed, I should say, that I got to see her start high school. Because the doctors had told us that 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 day wouldn't come, so as a mom, I feel grateful. She plays for the JV Mead High School um, soccer team. Hmm. She was able to make that as a freshman, and then um, quickly we found out that her fourth metatarsal is broken. (laughs) So she's in a boot, but Mm. she's a great older sister and um, just charismatic kind of the life of the party (laughs) she's she loves to dance and sing um lauren is 12 and she's very sweet um she's kind of a mother goose like the the other three littles kind of follow her around Mm. yeah she's very nurturing um and plays the piano they're all involved in sports so many sports they love athletics which is great because i was a PE teacher oh Brody is 10 and he is, um, he's a very bright young man, attends Quest. Um, he loves sports as well, football and basketball. And, um, he's very sweet. He checks, checks in on you and asks how you're doing and how your day was Mm. and, um, very thoughtful. Uh, Shalise is eight and, um, she is spunky and she's she's our believe believe kid she writes Mm. ribbons all over her homework and um schoolwork and you can barely find the answer sometimes but (laughs) she she believes with all of her heart um and has a a strong strong faith Riker is our five-year-old and Mm. he is parkour like (laughs) he's crazy he can't wait to start all the sports um he's gonna be better at him than his siblings he says Mm -hmm. but he is um he's hilarious very witty yeah very cool so So you've got five kids ranging from 14 to 5 correct yeah and you mentioned your fourth your your fourth daughter who's eight i can't remember her name shalice shalice She's your believe child. Everything's believe. <laughs> yeah. 
if you put yourself in her shoes, what does that mean to her and how does she exhibit that, not just in writing and drawing and stuff, but how does she exhibit that in her day-to-day life? Well, just this morning, my our son asked if he could take some of the Believe bracelets. He mm-hmm. found them when we were straightening up, and um, he wanted to take them to school and share them with some friends and teachers. And she wanted one to give to her teacher and her, her best friend, and they just had to move to a new school, and mm-hmm. that's been a transition. Mm-hmm. And so she... She's already told several of the kids at her table, you know, my mom has cancer and the teacher is aware of it and has gone out of her way to make sure she is um, watched over. But Shalice feels this um, this importance of making sure everybody else believes. And she she says, you know, do they believe in what we believe in or... And she knows that others have other faiths, Mm -hmm. and um, she's okay with that. But she wants a chance to share with them what she believes and Mm -hmm. um, that her prayers are answered and that she Mm -hmm. is a daughter of God and that she's loved. And all of our kids have that that same hope and faith, but she, I think at her age that she found out that her mom was really sick and um, they know that I could possibly die. And I think that gives her something to, to hold on to. Hmm. Thank you for sharing that. How, I can't even imagine, what, what is it like being a child of a mother who has, who is sick, you know, who, who has cancer, you know? What is that like? You know, I've, I've tried to talk to the kids. Um, we talk to them a lot and keep lines of communication very open. Um, we let them know sometimes in, in ways that they'll understand. You know, um, I have tumors all over my body. Mm. Um, it, it started that my hands and feet and head were clear. The tumors have moved to my brain. Mm. They're, they're all over but there's a metabolicness to cancer and sometimes it can be more active and sometimes it can kind of become dormant. And so we would tell the kids, you know, it's like a big bear that goes into sleep in a cave. Mm. And so right now the cancer's sleeping and, you know, and as they've gotten older, it's become a little more, you know, there's tumors on my brainstem the mm. doctors are trying to get clear pictures. We have to go back in for a gamma knife in two weeks. Um, and then they understand that, you know, and so mm. they've kind of grown with, they've grown, grown with us in it. And what we're able to explain to them, like our five-year-old, that's all he's ever known. And I can't imagine having that. Um, so he asks me, he's like, you're going to die, right, mom? You know, mm. and I have to say, there's there's a possibility, but we're still praying for a miracle mm-hmm. um, of total healing. But the you know the tough times come too, where our oldest curls up in a ball and mm-hmm. cries, and I feel like she's trying to get back inside of me, saying that she doesn't want me to go anywhere. Mm-hmm. 
And I can't imagine day, day in and day out, she feels that weight. And sometimes she'll, she, she internalizes a lot and locks, locks things up, but sometimes she'll open up and tell me those things. And when she does, I think it's good, um, for her, um, emotionally and psychologically, social, whatever, spiritually Mm -hmm. to be able to verbalize that. And, Shalice is probably our, our most verbal in sharing those things. I know Lauren has um, gone to her counselor at school, and we've set that up. She, we also set up one of my friends who is checks in on her and mm-hmm. kind of acts as a as a as a side wing, you know, mm-hmm. mom and slash friend that ha- that she can go to if she needs. Um, and I think that's. You know, one of the blessings is our Heavenly Father surrounded me around women that um, have come to know our kids. And throughout my life, he's blessed me with um, good friends. And I feel like each one of them has, I've watched them as they've um, interacted with our kids. And I know our kids will have if they, if that if the time comes that they'll have what they need. But, um, yeah, going back to growing up with it, I, I, we tell the kids all the time, you know, we, we barely know what it's like (laughs) for us to, to live with cancer. Mm -hmm. We don't, we're not going to try to understand what it's like for them, Mm. but we've, you know, if, if they want a counselor if they want if they want to do something specific you know with mom and dad if there's anything that we can talk to them about and we do we have some real hard heart to hearts Mm. our five-year-old the other day told me mom I don't want you to stop breathing and Mm. I said I don't want to stop breathing either (laughs) I said, why don't you want me to and, or, you know, to stay? And he said, he said, I don't want you to die. I don't want you to go anywhere. I love you too much. And we just held each other and mm-hmm. cried and laughed after that because I was tickling him. But, mm-hmm. you know, we, ha- we have those hard conversations, but we, we also have a faith in, in the plan of salvation. And we were married um, in the Church of Jesus Christ Latter-day Saints in the temple and those temple blessings, those covenants that we make are crucial for for us and our family because it means that if we live righteous, we can become a family again and see each other. Thank you for sharing that. Now, I this this conversation so far has been pretty heavy, you know, and it should be, <laughs> I think. I think that's uh, meaningful. But you, Brooke are not cancer and cancer is not you who are you Hmm. I like that because a lot of times we that's that's what we get asked about is Mm -hmm. how we're doing or how's the cancer I love athletics (laughs) I love everything that sports teach and so um that became pretty evident as a young girl and so I went into teaching physical education and coaching. And I've gotten to coach so many different sports at so many different age levels. 
over the years. Um, I've had some incredible athletes that have just taught me so much in my life and and it made some good memories. But my favorite my favorite athletes are when I get to coach our kids um, in basketball or soccer. It's been it's been a joy, and I still am coaching um, our second daughter in AAU. Awesome. So that's been great. I love I love crafts. I love any kind of hands on thing. Kind of a one trick, <laughs> one trick um, wonder in mm-hmm. in each area because I, I I do one thing like in ceramics I make nativity sets, mm-hmm. but and I've started making Christ kneeling at the rock. But that's that's <laughs> kind of all I've done Hmm. with it so i need to do more but i have a kiln and i fire you know i love the outdoors i love to be out camping boating um wakeboarding i snowboard with my family in the winter we all snowboard um i've been able to teach all of our kids how to do that Hmm. uh i've been offered jobs (laughs) (laughs) by the by the mountain. Oh yeah. Yeah. To be a ski instructor, uh-huh. or ski patrol type yeah. thing. Awesome. Yeah. They're like, if you're going to keep teaching people how to board, <laughs> we want, we want you to do that. Um, awesome. I love cooking, baking with our, our kids. We can every year. Hmm. So yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot to me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that's really neat. Now, one of the first things you mentioned was that you love what sports teach. Mm. I also love what sports teach i'm well i'm one who says baseball is the only true sport (laughs) i coached my son in baseball from well the day he was born until he was about uh 16 awesome and uh and i coached him as well as you know all the teams that he was on i was a coach on one on on those teams and i love i can draw all sorts of um connections in baseball and life and the importance of, of the interaction of the teammates and everything. So to you, what does sports teach for you? Um, I think teamwork. You know, I instead of focusing on an individual, the, the essence of a team and what that means. Um, in fact, we as a family, at the end of our scripture and prayers, we do our hands in and say, mm-hmm. families are forever. And then we put our hands down and say go Ellison's and so we recommit to the team you know Mm -hmm. these are our teammates sometimes we have to have a timeout (laughs) you know um respect for coaches for self for others Mm -hmm. um working together hard work there's just so much there's so much that you can Mm -hmm. you can draw from sports and you can um you can give give to it you know it's there's a lot you can teach (laughs) through the analogy of a sport absolutely now one thing that many people not all people but many people when they say you know sports teaches this is competition and I noticed that you left that out Mm, that word was not in there um tell me what your thought is of the word and concept of competition I think competition is healthy. I mean, that's, I think that's why we practice, you know, Mm -hmm. is to go, go and play in the game. And, um, I get competitive. It's Mm -hmm. funny because I, I play board games with my family and, or with friends and I'm super competitive, but Mm -hmm. I usually don't end up on top. You know, (laughs) I don't end up with the W, but I think it's important for us to have competition and to, 
to see how we measure up and to go back and reevaluate and um, come back and, and, you know, try again mm. um, to be successful. And then there's those times that, you know, like last weekend, all of our kids had a win and one of them ended with a tie, which mm. to me, in my books is, is it? Is a win, mm-hmm. um, or at least not a at least not a loss. Right. And I was talking with we were you know called Daddy and reported because he was at work and he was like yes Ellison's you know mm-hmm. had a good weekend and you know there's those moments and they were like why are you guys celebrating that and we were like because there was weekends where we were all on the other end mm-hmm. and that that can be demoralizing and hard. And so it's it's good to have see successes in our in those things, and I think that competition, if done right and you know in a healthy way, I think it's a a good thing for kids to to learn how to win and lose mm-hmm. because in life sometimes we win and lose, yeah. you know, and you have to you have to go back and reevaluate and practice some more until. Until you find find a success, and then you have to live in that success, you know. Right. So, so Brooke, think back on your life. What is the win, whether it's in sports or whatever, that you are most proud of? Hmm. <laughs> I would say having a family because um, we had to use some fertility, mm-hmm. you know, measures for to have our kids and it took us a long time to get them here. I didn't have JC until I was 27, but we were married, um, just after I turned 21. So Mm. yeah, it took us quite a few years to, you know, to have that. I, the other thing, if I were to look at my personal life, because we couldn't have kids, we had friends that asked us to do a half marathon And I was like, I know I can run 13 miles. Um, You know, I was a PE teacher and a coach at the time, and I I knew I could do that. That wasn't going to challenge me. So Mm -hmm. I went ahead and said, hey, honey, let's (laughs) let's sign up for the marathon. The full marathon, huh? And he's (laughs) like, yeah, okay. (laughs) So um, it was his one and only marathon. I, yeah, I kept hoping I would get him back again, but <laughs> I decided to do that after each child. Oh, and wow. so we ran the first one together and then we did in vitro and, um, I became pregnant with JC mm-hmm. and then I ran one after each, each kiddo. So wow. I ran the marathon, you know, for myself, I guess, kind of. And then mm-hmm. I ran one after JC, Lauren, Brody, Shalise and Riker. Wow. So you've run six marathons, huh? Yes. That's, yeah. uh, I in will six never run states. one, I don't think. So <laughs> in oh, six no. different states, huh? Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. No, that's really cool. So, so you got it like a, a, an overall win of having a family, an individual win of the marathons. That's really cool. Now, how about losses? As you look back, what is the most painful loss or most memorable loss in your life? And what did that, hmm. h- how did that affect you? Yeah, that's a tough question because there's not really anything in my life that I would consider a loss or a letdown because I I try to turn it. I always tell our kids, you know, focus on the solution, not the problem. Mm. There's been there's been hard things, but I you know, yeah, maybe let me reword that. Yeah. What was the biggest mountain you climbed? I mean, it was a potential loss. 
Yeah. You gained something from it. The mountain that was like, oh, this is hmm. brutal. I'm Then I made it to the top and I was able to yeah. you know, look back at it. Maybe graduating college. I, mm. It was tough for me. Um, classes and keeping grades. I got to attend Brigham Young University mm. in Utah, but um, it wasn't always easy for me. I, I didn't test the same as everybody else and but yet I was tested as everybody else was Mm -hmm. and you know I I worked really hard and spent a lot of hours my husband and I would joke because we would have the same professor same course you know maybe a different semester semester away from each other Mm -hmm. and he would study a couple hours for a test and do really well and I would study 17 hours and struggle Mm. and think I did okay and then come out and the grade wasn't it was really disappointing and that I think being able to graduate Mm. um and stay stay at that school even I mean I yeah it was that difficult that I would receive letters and my my papa jokes that they were dean's letters (laughs) (laughs) and they were but they're not the ones you want to receive you want to receive so yeah, I think graduating and and becoming a teacher and coach, mm. you know, kind of finally making to that point, that would that would be my yeah. That that's really interesting. So I mean, to me, from what you've shared, it's obvious that when others see you teaching or coaching others, you do a great job at it. But learning, getting the actual learning down, so you could officially do that in a school setting, you know, as a PE coach, as a teacher was a real struggle for you. It was. So how did that experience of that being a real struggle help you in your own teaching and coaching um, efforts? Um, I think I've been able to reach out to the learner that, that struggles. I remember my very first year teaching, I had a young man that um, tried to take his own life oh, wow. at the school. And... He allowed me to come in and visit him in the hospital. I was the counselor said I was the only teacher he was allowing in, mm. and having that experience, being able to go and and talk with him, um, and to remember the talk that we had just a couple of days before in the auditorium, he had gotten in trouble and was sent back to sit by me, mm-hmm. and he's watching these these kids lead out, and he was like, "I, I want to do that." And I I realized his heart, it was so good. He wanted to be a leader. And I was able, as he came back to the school, to try and help integrate him a little bit more, you know, and try and help him to change. I loved that that challenge of, um, you know, a youth, an adolescent that takes their, their struggles and carries it with them through the day. And trying to help them to compartmentalize things and and drop, you know, leave things behind, not not have it filter into everything, you know, every aspect. Mm -hmm. Um, Had a young lady that was upset one time, and I kind of called her out on it and was like, "Whoa, what, what, what's, what did I do? You know, what's, Mm -hmm. where's the beef coming from?" And it, it was a few periods earlier in the day. I think her second class, the teacher had, you know, tipped her off a little bit. And Mm -hmm. I was like, why, you know, let's not, 
bring that to anybody else. So just that challenge of um, being able to work with different youth and see their their own struggles and help them help them overcome them. You know, mm-hmm. become victorious or or be able to laugh at something that you know isn't. It might be a an intense situation for them, but it doesn't need to be. And so, mm-hmm. you know, to to let go and laugh at things and and just enjoy life. Life is to be enjoyed. Hmm. That's really cool. In that situation that you mentioned with the young man that tried to take his own life and you were able to go sit down with him, how, how did that shift some of your own perceptions in, in life when, when that experience happened? Uh, just, I think the way we, we treat others, you know, I really had to kind of evaluate that and the way he he perceived things of how he was being treated. Um, I just, I think that was the biggest takeaway. Um, and, and I was grateful. I told my husband, you know, um, after visiting with him, um, in the hospital, I told my husband, I'm so grateful, you know, that I, I had taken the time to visit with him that day and that I saw him for who he was and not, you know, I, we're all, sons and daughters of God and I don't know you know sometimes we we do things and we don't think we don't think about the heart or the mind you know the the spirit that's inside of of that person and um I think that was the biggest thing Hmm. and and you mentioned um we're all sons and daughters of God tell me if you can recall this tell me the time experience in your life that proved to you to yourself that you were a daughter of a God who knew who you were and loved you I would say probably when I was at college I was trying to get back for an activity that was taking place and it was late in the evening I had been in the testing center (laughs) and um well I got my test score and it was it was poor Mm. and um wasn't wasn't good enough for what I was needing and as I was walking home it was dark and started to rain and I didn't own a car uh I think my bike had just been stolen oh wow yeah lots of gloom I know yeah and I had a car pull up to me and offer a ride and I thought it was somebody that I had worked with at the MTC cafeteria and it wasn't anyone that I knew. Um, I got in the car and um, tried to get her name and phone number and whatever I had written down, whether I wrote it down wrong or I never could reach her. And I was talking to my parents that night because I, by the time I got home, I had missed the ride to, to the activity. Hmm. And, you know, tears were... Tears were ensuing mm-hmm. on my face. And um, as I called my parents, as I often do, I was talking to them, and they were both on a phone at the time. And my papa, it, who is my dad, mm-hmm. um, said that he had prayed specifically for me that morning and um, asked our Father in Heaven to send, send me a friend. He didn't know why he did it, and he knew that his his prayer had been answered, 
And right then I felt like I had arms around me Mm. just encircling me and um, holding me and telling me that all of this was for a purpose. I, I never could reach my, my angel Bethany. I, Mm. that's what I kind of, but that night I, I think I understood, really understood how much I was loved Mm. um, and that I was a daughter of God. That is such a neat story. I mean, I, I try always, unsuccessfully often, to put myself in the shoes of the other person. And if I, with my own you know, character weaknesses and whatever else, I'm in your shoes that day, I'm a mess. <laughs> I'm angry. Um, and that situation, you know, a Bethany pulling up, and giving me a ride, that would have been a serious hand of God in my life. What a blessing that was. That's awesome. Yes. Have you, and this is kind of, hey, toot your own horn a little bit here. <laughs> okay. Have you been an angel in someone else's life that you can think of? Oh. Have you been put, has God put you in someone's life that has made a difference? I mean, we talked about the kid there earlier, but let's, let's yeah. tra- talk about somebody else. Um, I think I've been fortunate to, to be able to work with youth. When my husband and I left our university, the ecclesiastical leader, uh, our bishop, he said that I would work with the youth and right away was put in with the young women. And I think I've had many experiences with them throughout the years, but, um, the one, uh, in particular, I was just able to attend her wedding in uh, Utah this summer, mm. and she was sealed at the Timpanogos Temple. Mm. It was interesting because I was serving as a stake and women's camp director, and I had these YCLs that I was having lead this camp this this particular summer, um, girls' camp for a week, and there were some times that. I would receive impressions for this young young woman that I didn't feel like I deserved, mm. you know, to receive and kind of, you know, dragging my heels, I kind of would go and share share some thoughts with her. And I said some pretty bold things to her and <laughs> I continued to, I guess, but it was by the spirit that I felt like I was, you know, prompted to to reach out and she and her parents keep telling me how grateful they are. Even so much that I got to meet, right after I was diagnosed with cancer, mm-hmm. I got to meet her um, boyfriend, to be fiance, and I, it wasn't right, like, for her. Mm-hmm. And she would call and tell me about struggles and trials, and that um, I... I just so I shared that with her, and she has now been sealed to the most perfect man for her. Mm. And um, she has said, "I, I'm grateful, you know." And I, I said, "I know you're you're upset with me a little bit," and but she expressed how much it meant that I made it to her day. It was I was having some real health um 
concerns at the time and but I I knew I needed to be there and so my husband and I made it made it possible Mm. yeah just seeing her she has written me some of the sweetest letters and I keep them all Mm. need to (laughs) need to figure out what to do with them all but I, I have a lot of letters that of people that I've been able to be impacted and and hopefully impact in a positive way but yeah this this one young woman particularly she has um expressed gratitude for the guidance really neat what other experiences or um, words of wisdom Mm -hmm. do you want to share not sure what to say Hmm. I think it's important just how we treat others um, as a mom I watch our kids come home and um, have their feelings hurt and my parents always would ask me you know if something went went wrong with the teacher or with somebody else they'd say well what did you do wrong (laughs) you know or what did you do and I, I try, I try to do that with our kids just to hold them accountable. But, um, I know there's, you know, three sides to every story and, um, I always want to make sure that they're, they're being considerate or kind. But when I see them hurt, um, it hurts me as, as a mom. And so I always pray that they're not ever on the end where um, they're sending somebody home, you know, mm. hurting. But I think just being kind to everyone. Uh, our kids just came home the other day and told me that someone that worked in the cafeteria used to babysit me, you know. Mm. And I just think relationships are so important. You know, there's two things that we take with us when we die. We take our knowledge and our, our relationships. So it's so important to treat people kind. I feel like that's why we have such a love and support right now um, through this trial is because of the kindness that has been shared in in friendships and relationships. So I think that's something that I hope our kids are always kind. And I also think it's important to work hard, I think, um, Hard work is important. Uh, we, my husband and I, as we were engaged, um, worked construction together, and mm. I had done it off and on since I was 11 years old with my papa. And uh, just hard, there's nothing better than a hard hard day's work, you know. Mm. It's important to to be able to to contribute, you know. Those are a couple of really helpful and meaningful things that you shared there. Can I share one more? Absolutely. Okay. Mm. Also, just the way we we look at each day. I've been, we've been forced. I say we because this cancer isn't isn't just mine. Mm. You know, it's ours. We, It affects our whole family, um, especially my husband and I and um, our kids. And my husband and I try to take each day and use it use it to the fullest and, um, see it for what it is. I, I really can't look too much in advance. Um, but I have to keep that wide perspective of that there's a beginning and an end and 
or not an end in eternity. And so I, I feel like if I narrow things up too much within my cancer, it becomes negative. Mm. But if I, if I do enjoy each day, each thing in the day, last night it was getting late, but I still wanted to read to my, our, our littlest. And so I read to Riker some books but taking something from each day, there were times where I realized, you know, I could do something, you know, each day seemed overwhelming for me at first with the cancer. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I can do something for someone else. I can do something for my, you know, for myself or my home. Mm -hmm. And I can do something with, with our family. And so I kind of broke it down into those three things. And, and then I felt success in the day. I also had a young woman that taught me the to-da list. And so to instead da. of writing the to-do list, mm-hmm. you write down the things that you get done. And then at the end of the day, you say, ta-da. Oh, yeah. And I so like that. that's a, um, that's one of my favorite things that, that we've been doing is the kids make, instead of making them a to-do list, they make a ta-da list and they mm. show us all the things that they looked around the house and saw needed to be done. And they just got in and did it because they wanted to that is genius by the way (laughs) that's what i thought (laughs) that is awesome yeah it's turning things in my head so very cool now let's project out let's look down the road 50 years from now Mm -hmm. your grandkids great grandkids are sitting around and saying hmm what does brooke have to say to me today what do you have to say to those that come behind you that are carrying on your legacy hmm a big question I just I would ask if you know if they're happy and are they are they finding the things that in life that bring them joy are they serving others I think that you know that's probably what I would it would be the service Hmm. I think service is so important and it's um, it blesses not only the person giving the service but the person receiving it service has always been a big thing. My husband and I have um, been blessed so many times by the service of others, and we in turn have been able to serve. And I think it's the way that we represent our Savior is by serving and loving those around us. And so I think those are those are probably the two biggest things I'd say is service and love. Mm. I think those are very powerful things. Anything else? Not this that was I can so think of. cool. I hope that it's been meaningful to you. It's been super meaningful to me. Yeah. Thank you very much. It has been. This was the end of the first meeting that Brooke and I had. A couple of days after we initially recorded this, Brooke got back with me and asked me if it would be okay if she added a couple of things to this recording that we had done. And of course, I was super excited to say, heck yes. And so I hustled over there and recorded another 15 minutes or so of things that were very important for her, that she felt were very important for her to share. So here we go into those. Sitting back down with Brooke, this is, I'm excited to do this again, by the way. After I left, I was like, oh, I had a couple more questions that would have been really cool to ask. And then when you reached back out to me and said, I have a couple more things that I want to get out there. It's like, perfect. So tell me some of the thoughts you had, some of the things you wanted to share 
again? Um, I was just thinking about the our children have been coming home from school lately, and um, a couple of them have shared situations with their teachers, mm. um, just giving information about cancer, and it hurts them a little bit when they hear things. I'm sure, I'm sure that kind of emotionally hits their heart, you know, with their mom having that. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because some of the teachers, they're, they're just giving out information, but they don't, maybe they don't know our situation or circumstance. But mm-hmm. I ask our, our kiddos, do you speak up, you know, and say something because they'll talk about lung cancer and lung cancers is one of the biggest cancer that people get. But oftentimes it's associated with nicotine use or being exposed to, you know, cigarette usage. And with our cancer, it's non-small cell lung cancer. And so it's not nicotine at all Hmm. in any way. And I just think it's important for people to to understand, to know that. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure that... uh people not knowing you or knowing your background when they hear lung cancer, the assumption immediately goes to, oh, she must have smoked or something like that. Because, you know, that's what many people have been taught, that lung cancer is that. But uh, you just lucked out, I guess, and got (laughs) lung cancer without any of those external... um, contributors I guess huh yeah so how how does non-small cell lung cancer I mean how does that develop um there's I guess three different ways but there can be a a genetic you know just kind of fluke there's there's actually a genome in my body that they were able to test for and they're able to treat towards um because of because of it which was a blessing. The doctors also were concerned that it would be passed down Mm. to our children, and they were able to test for that to know that it's not going to be hereditary to them, which was a a big blessing. Both were a blessing to to know, too, that I had the genome. Mm -hmm. We could, you know, treat that specifically, and it's been able to buy us more time, I think. Mm. So, Okay. Well, that's, that's helpful information to know. Um, I did have a couple more questions that yeah. I thought these would be really neat to get the answer for. Okay. Um, and some of them, I like to dig a little bit. I like to, to go places that normal conversations don't go. And so, you know, one of the questions is, what is something that you would like to have a do-over on in your life? Or, you know, maybe mm-hmm. something that you did or, or said at some point in the past that you're like, every time you think of it, you go, man, I wish I could do that over. I'd do it differently. I probably have a lot of those moments. <laughs> I do. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. I think I think any time if if I've ever hurt anybody, mm-hmm. I think um I think that would be something I'd like to to do over, but you know, I I feel like I Yeah, I think that's it. Just I I care so much about individuals um in fact, my husband <laughs> mm-hmm. jokes with me because he's like, you don't need to call them. They're, they're probably not even thinking about it. And I'm like, no, 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 I need to make sure. And I'll pick up the phone and call some man and say, you know, when this was said or this was done, um, I hope I didn't offend you. And mm. so I would, I would 
take back anything that somebody misunderstood or if I said something that was offensive, I would I would ask try to ask forgiveness of that, but maybe there's somebody along the way. I'm trying to think though. I I know I've got one. I Well, you know, as as you think there, that's something that I have gone through my life and made a an inventory of of people that I've that may that I may have done some harm to in one way or another. And most of the people that I reached out to on that list, it was like, hey, you know, I'd say, hey, I'm sorry for this that mm-hmm. happened, whatever it was, and uh, I feel bad about that. What and and whatever needed to happen in making those amends, almost every single time the person replied back or said back, you know, I haven't thought about that in years. We're good. Don't worry about it. So I can see what your husband's point was. You know, they probably aren't thinking about it, but it was still, yeah. even in those cases, it was still this a lifting off of my shoulders for me that I didn't need to carry that weight anymore. It's a huge thing. It is. I did have a a friend that when I was diagnosed reached out and we hadn't talked in several years. And I told her I, you were probably the one and only person that I thought, you know, if I were to pass away, I would have, um, regrets not making things right with Mm. this person but it's been it's been good we're back connected I think when I was younger I we used to have those rotary phones Mm. you know the big luggers and Mm -hmm. I took and threw that at my brother's foot Uh. (laughs) (laughs) we take that back yeah he's been such a such an inspiration to me in my life and someone to look up to and Mm. I appreciate appreciate his his interaction and my sister I told her she couldn't sing very well mm. and she stopped singing because of that oh, and yeah. I don't think anybody should ever stop singing oh, whether that's... they're <laughs> whether they're have the best of voices or struggle with it they everyone should yeah. if you want to sing sing <laughs> there's room for everybody in the choir right yeah no that's really cool H- have have you talked to your sister about that before oh yes okay, yeah good. yeah Sometimes those types of um, words can can hurt someone. They can. But, uh, yeah. they, really cool. Um, all other things being equal, what is the most important thing? Hmm. All other things. Family. Family. Yeah. Why? It's central to to our heavenly Father's plan. Christ made it possible for us to be together as a family forever. And it was something I've always wanted since I was a little girl. I would sing a song, and it took us a while to to get the family that we have. I think Heavenly Father had a plan in that even. And I think I appreciate my family, uh, the struggles even a little more because of the struggle that it took to bring them here. Mm. Family is always there for you. Even when um, you're down on your luck, your family's there. I have an amazing family that I come from too. Mm -hmm. And as immediately when I was diagnosed, they changed our family chat to Brooke's family team. And there's just been a rally of support and love. And I think we find that with others as well. But 
family is huge. Mm. Yeah. I, I agree. That's really cool. In your life, what are the most influential books that you've read? Hmm. <laughs> so I actually read fairly slow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, it's been a struggle for me to, to read a lot of books. I love the scriptures mm-hmm. um, and what they do for me daily. Wuthering Heights. Mm. Um, I'm reading a parenting book right now that's really good. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Called Feeding the Mouth That Bites You. Feeding the Mouth That Bites You. Yeah. It's interesting. Inter- it's, yeah. it's, it's teaching adolescents and giving freedoms and uh, creating a relationship that will allow you to, um, of love and trust that will allow you to influence when you have an opportunity to, because I I need to read that book. (laughs) (laughs) It's a good one. Everyone should. And then the books to our children that I read, I've been fortunate. I, you know, they kind of tell you when you, when you have kids read to them when they're little, even if they're not sitting on your lap or Mm -hmm. paying attention, just keep reading. Mm Mm-hmm. And sure enough, we've had a couple like that that climb back into your lap eventually. And But I feel like all of our kids are good readers, in fact. And they're so good that they will stick the books in their desks and the teacher will come and take it from them. Oh. Or we have to ground it from them at late at night. I, I hide books from mm-hmm. our kids. And I say, when you're done with your jobs, you can have it back. So, yeah, they've kind of taken a love for reading so that's good but i i've loved reading books to them Hmm. yeah that's really neat i miss and i probably should still read to my kids even though my youngest is like 12 almost 13 Hmm. but uh i miss reading so junie b jones were my favorite books to read to my kids Uh all the junie b jones books and we saved them all so that i can read them to the grandkids because i love they're the funniest books ever. <laughs> I'll have to read some of those. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll bring you over a couple to Kay. check out because they are fantastic to read to kids. Sounds good. I always read the Babysitter's Club growing oh, up. Yeah. Yeah. I, I own the series and I still have it. So, Very yeah. Cool. All right. So are there any other items of importance, any other questions that maybe you thought, you know what, I hope he asks me that question or something like Hmm. that as we do this? No, I'd probably just um, probably just add. I have a favorite quote that actually Hmm. came out at a conference that we were able to um, watch while we were in the in the hospital after mm. we had re- received diagnosis. And a girlfriend of mine who's not a member of our faith but attends another church, she had it made into a, a quote for me by another woman. And it is um, by Elder, well, now, President Nelson. Mm. <laughs> and the joy we feel, the joy we feel has little to do with the circumstances of our lives and has everything to do with the focus of our lives. Hmm. And um, when that was shared um, with the congregation, my husband and I just looked at each other and we were like, that's it. Like, we have to have focus on the things that matter most. And it became my search to find out 
what it was that our Heavenly Father wanted me to do. I had some counsel from my Papa, and that helped too. What counsel did you get from your Papa? He um, kept reminding me to keep the broad picture, to to see things eternally, um, start to um, to heaven, mm-hmm. because we believe that life is eternal, and we talked about finding out what the Lord's will was for me and aligning my will with His, mm. and rather than trying to find out what I thought I needed to be doing or um, to continue to seek the, the Lord's will. Mm. And um, I know that if I do that, nothing else matters. I just need to figure out what it is the Lord wants me to do. And that has brought a, a good focus and joy to, mm. to my life to understand who he is and to have him as a personal savior, Mm. um, as a brother, as a friend has been so important. And going back to, um, the beginning of what I shared with you, I look forward to the day when I get to embrace our savior Mm. and I want to be able to recognize him so well that I don't question my step but I go running to him and I get that hug that will be a pinnacle moment for me in my life first of all thank you thank you for sharing that testimony thank you for sharing that um, hope and joy that you're feeling with that where is your hope where do you find hope in Mm -hmm. life today um you know, I find hope day to day in just individuals who remind me that we're on this faith journey together. Individuals that remind me that Heavenly Father's still there. He still loves me. Um, I receive messages. People reach out. Um, people send a picture of, of our sticker, <laughs> you mm. know, our belief sticker. I, in prayers, I feel hope. When I look at my family and they, they tell me, you've got this mom, you can stay strong, you can keep working and striving. I find hope in the service that is rendered it all reminds me that he loves us so much. And um, even in our trials and struggles, there's someone around you that is there to to love you and to, I don't know, just give you a balance in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, I think that's about all I have, okay. unless there's something else you want to... Okay. Thank you, Brooke. I have... I'm so glad that I've been able to have this opportunity to sit down with you. Thank you. Totally worth my time. I hope it's totally worth your time. Yes, it is. I appreciate it. Well, there you have it. A very meaningful to me, and I hope meaningful to you, and I hope a very meaningful conversation for Brooke, Cody, and her family. 
What an amazing family. What an amazing woman. What an amazing life. I'm very grateful that I had this blessing to get to know Brooke. Um, after our last conversation, I got one of those Believe stickers and wristbands and went right home and put it on my car and have been wearing that wristband pretty much ever since. She has had a great effect on me. I am a better person because of the last couple of weeks of working with her and working on this editing process of this podcast. Now, if you want to keep in touch a little bit and just see what's happening with Brooke, she does have a Facebook page group. It's called Brave Like Brooke, and there are a couple of events coming up in October. I believe one of them is a 5K to raise some money, not for Brooke's family at this point, but for another person in her circle who has been recently diagnosed with cancer. And that will be something that, as much as I don't like to run, I am going to go participate in that. Probably won't run. <laughs> I'll probably walk it. But it means that much to me at this point to show support for Brooke and for anyone who loves her and who she loves. Anyways, once again, I'm so grateful that you have followed us on this journey through life with Brooke Ellison. It's been very powerful and meaningful to me and all of the other conversations that we've had I think this is about the 25th long-form conversation with the journey through life podcast all of them are meaningful in their own way all of them have nuggets of wisdom that we can all gain from go check them out subscribe to this podcast and if you or anybody else you know has a story that uh, you would like to share or they would like to share have them contact me through the website, jtlpod.com, and we'll have a conversation and get it set up. Thank you very much once again. Have a fantastic week. Mm -hmm.